Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Bouncing into another big edition of the Talking Hoops Podcast. It is Ned, joined by my partner in crime, Fitzy. Johnny, how are you, man? <laughs> yeah, really good, man. Good to be back after a, a few technical issues last week, but uh, always good to join your good self on Talking Hoops. My favorite time of the week, so can you get stuck in? Yeah, big shout-out to Traith Leffler, who couldn't be with us today. He's off on a holiday. Like, the early honeymoon, I think, he's got happening there, Fitzy. I'm not sure. He was very mysterious about it. But the two of us, we will jump into this, John, and we will get into some NBL, I think, my man. Yes, sir. While we don't have the uh, NBA analysis, why not analysis? <laughs> why not get into some NBL? And it's good to have some games back, man. Like after all these postponements due to COVID and injury and all this sort of stuff going on, it's good to finally have some games back over the last few days and uh, a few interesting ones to talk about as well. There is some great ones to talk about, Johnny, but we are into round seven. We'll talk about this a little bit here. Uh, Thursday, Gen 13, it was the Illawarra Hawks and the Sydney Kings. The Kings, like we were mentioning a little bit off air there, John, I think they're in a little bit of trouble, my man. Yeah, we have spoken about the the poor old Sydney Kings at the moment. Just very disjointed, I feel. And um, I've even been talking to some other people, you know, like with coaching changes and they're just a very unsettled team. And uh, and the one guy that I was sort of looking at to really take his game to another level was Xavier Cooks, of course. He's um, not an import, but a young Aussie who's making his mark in the NBL at the moment. Hasn't quite lived up to that hype that I would have put on him there. Um, but, you know, a few injuries and, and some inconsistencies, I think, aren't really helping the Sydney Kings. Uh, they're definitely not that strong team of old, but um, I wouldn't count them out just yet. But uh, they've got to turn things around pretty quick, dude. Yeah, you can never count out the Kings, and I think it comes down to imports. Like you said, they're going to have to get some replacements in there, sort of rebuttal things and hopefully get back on track. But I tell you, a team that is back on track, it is Melbourne United, Johnny. They are six straight victories after that two and uh, zero and two start where everyone was writing them off, saying, oh, they've got a lackluster side this year. Well, United and the Ballers, they are well and truly back. They got it done against New Zealand, eight. 89 to 78 on Friday. Look, they've looked very good. They haven't really looked like losing in a bit, man. Yeah, I'd be very excited if I was a Melbourne United fan as well. Jack White in there for that game too. And uh, and I think yeah. the Breakers have won a couple of games now, but um, and we've spoken about Yanni Wetzel and a few of the pieces they've got there in the past. But um, yeah, Melbourne United, we'll talk about that second game, which is probably the more interesting one yes. shortly. But uh, yeah, really good way to start that round off uh, after some, you know, again, the, the game's been postponed and all this kind of thing. But how about Dave Barlow in town, man? He's still getting it done out there. Mad props to Dave Barlow. Dave Barlow is like almost my age, man, and getting it done. I tell you what, though, the Brisbane Bullets, they got it done against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on Saturday night, 100-84 to 84 there. Once again, big shout-outs to our man, Dave Knight. Reasons to smile there in sunny old Brisbane town, Johnny. Looking good. Yeah, I'm loving what Brisbane are doing. And I think last time we spoke NBL, we did. I think we're trying to convince Traith to jump on the Bullets bandwagon. They definitely feel like they're better than 3-3, three and three, if I'm being quite honest. There's so much to like there at the moment. And, um, yeah, I'll be expecting them to get a few good wins back-to-back. But that's a that's a bit of a statement there, of course, against the Phoenix because they've been up and about early in the season. But, um, yeah, lots to like from Brisbane. And I love their sort of depth. Their, their starting lineup's very, very uh, sort of even, if you look at the stat sheet. Like, they're a good side to watch. And I think their best basketball is still ahead of them now. Yeah, they've sort of been sitting there in that sort of contention sort of spot, haven't they? Like contender, 
like to contend for the title. They're just sort of, I don't know, not quite there, but almost there sort of thing. So hopefully for Bullets fans, they can pull it together and make make a run at this season. But we were talking about it before. Melbourne United, they are well and truly looking like they're heading right back to where they finished up last season. They got a very impressive win, 88 to 84 over the Illawarra Hawks, coached by our man, Brian Gorgian. But we're talking about Dally. I've got the stats down here, man. This was a career high. This includes NBA, college, and, of course, the NBL. He had 33 points off seven three-pointers made and just one assist shy of getting a double-double there with nine assists, John. So he had the absolute game of his life and, yeah, really struck United to their backs. Did you get a chance to watch any of that? I watched the highlights of it. How about shooting the seven from 11 threes with the most awkward shooting action that he's got there. It's, um, tell you what, if it, if it works, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Obviously it works there, but, um, yeah, wouldn't be too many games. You're going to see this season where Delhi outscores the likes of Goulding and White and, and, and big Joe as well. And a guard of the import, like they've got such a great lineup. And like I said, just before Jack White's back in there. So I think Melbourne United, they're going to settle in obviously on top now. And I think they're going to be very hard to knock off at least for the next little while injuries and depth are going to test them out a little bit but they've still got you know Shaley still come off the bench playing his minutes they've got a um they've got a very balanced team Nettie and I think as a bowlers fan you'd be very happy with what you're saying and man Delhi shooting 33 I would not have expected that this season Oh, me either, man. And he sort of answered critics there in a way because he's had a sort of a lackluster start to the season and many people saying, wow, because uh, he's getting paid quite a bit and this was well and truly a statement game versus the Hawks there. And Daly's sort of putting putting the foot down there in some authority. It's funny, I turned the game on, Johnny. I think it was in the last quarter. He jacks up a three, misses. The young fella's like, oh, don't do that, Daly. And then we check the scores and he's like, wait, wait a second. He's already hit like six or seven. Like, where has this come from? But oh, it's no. great to see. I Hopefully he can start stringing a few more big time games together because I have always been a massive fan of him, dude. Yeah, that's it. And, and as crowds are obviously going to build back up again when the COVID situation settles down, like Delhi's the sort of guy that's going to put bums on seats. Like we talk about that with other teams quite yep. a bit. Delavadova is a marquee signing. They want him to draw the crowd in. But you look at their lineup and how even it is. Delhi's a distributor. All of a sudden, now he's going to be a scoring threat. Like Chris Goulding's already a light yeah. sound shooter. Jack White's he can he can play at both ends very well. They've got the big guy sorted out, and, um, and of course Caleb Agarda. Like he's just added an extra element in there, and I don't even think that he's playing to his full potential just yet because the points are just being sucked around so Dude, don't forget Joe Lowell yeah that's it big Joe big oh yeah absolute beast right there man a double double machine Brody my son and I are calling him the goat he <laughs> is just an absolute machine he sat there behind Jock Landau just waiting for his minutes last season mm. and nice to see that it's sort of come full circle and here he is just getting it done for United love to watch him man flat out scorer right there and yeah I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from United Johnny yeah, I tell you what, he'd be up there like with your most improved sort of discussions with uh, Wetzel, of course, at the Breakers and uh, the young centre for Tyrell Har- uh, Harrison for the Bullets as well. A similar situation where he's uh, he's sort of stepped into that, that starting role, but I love yeah. seeing these big guys. And, uh, you know, generally the, the the world game's going the other way. You know, it's a small ball lineups, it's outside shooting, but you got to love it when the big guys get it done. I definitely do anyway. Well, you know, being a little guy, I shouldn't. But, yeah, I'm still a massive fan of it. And, yeah, just just great to see. But here's an unfortunate one. It's kind of like I hate seeing New Zealand being as bad as what they are at the moment, Johnny. But then 
beating Sydney. I, I didn't really want to see that. But they dropped again another game there, the Kings, and New Zealand picked up their second win of the season, 82 to 75 on Sunday, getting it done right there. So the Breakers, well, I don't think they'll be anywhere near playoff contention this season, but they're they're making do. Yeah, they definitely are making do. Again, like we've spoken about a couple of their key pieces uh, in the past, and Wetzel, of course, he's having that massive season, and Finn Delaney had a huge breakout game as well. 21 points, if you don't mind, from your big guy. But I think this one speaks more to the Sydney Kings than the Breakers. I think Breakers have got a couple yeah. of wins on the board now, but the, the Sydney Kings need to really work this out and, and work it out very quickly. They're sort of missing that scoring power. They're maybe trying to run different systems. As I said, new coaches have come in. It's like a revolving door over there. So yeah. I don't know. They're going to have to find something. They're going to have to find it pretty soon, I recommend, because we know how this league works. It, it sort of ebbs and flows. A lot of teams have those purple patches, and a lot of you know double headers, this sort of thing. So you can fall behind the pack very quickly, especially when you've got Melbourne United playing as well as our Illawarra still up there, of course. Perth, I mean, we haven't spoken about them just yet. Well, there's still a lot of powerhouse teams in this league, so they're going to have to sort that out, maybe get a few home wins and then sort of set their season up again. Yeah, well said right there. And let's talk about Perth. They looked lackluster of what I saw of them last night when they took on Adelaide. It was in Adelaide. Adelaide went off to a red-hot start, man, and they were up big at one time. Our boy Mitch McCarron was just like an absolute – he was just making things happen there, passing the rock around nicely. Like, it just – it was the Adelaide of old, and I was the commentators mm. there were saying they were down by like 40 points against Cairns in the last game they played. They have swapped – they've switched things up. It has been a big time in between drinks, but to get the win against the number one at the time, Perth Wildcats, they look good. They led it from uh, wire to wire, I do believe, John. It's a hard one. I can't sort of break this game down too much because the guy we were sort of talking about was DJ Daniel Johnson and, and whether they could yep. sort of you know make a playoff run with a, with an older guy that was leading the scoring. That was a big question mark for me. But yeah, the Wildcats, look, whether the kind of maybe some fatigue in there sort of played a part. It's a big trip, of course, over to Adelaide. But Adelaide has this knack about it, though. Like they can knock off the big teams and actually embarrass them as well. So yeah, there's a lot to like from Adelaide, of course. Our boy Mitch McCarron is only a couple of assists, I believe, off a triple-double. So he was actually... He had a, he had a really nice game, and I love him running the point. Man, if you get the right pieces around him, he's a very underrated point guard. And we don't just say that because we love him to death, but he's a distributor. He can score when he needs to, but he really plays that team role. And I feel like he's kind of that uh, barometer almost. He was a bit the same when he was at United, and definitely now that he's at Adelaide, sort of leading the charge. Yeah, I think watch out for that for Adelaide. The 36 is uh, uh, that team, and like I said, they're prone to they can scrap it out. They can get it done when they need to, especially at home. So yeah, they could uh, they could definitely set their season up from here as well. Would you say they're in a similar sort of boat to Brisbane, Johnny? They're they're about their sort of thing and just something. Yeah. <laughs> like a very bad analogy, but they're about there, Adelaide. It was actually Cam Bear's story, man. He sort of mm. he sort of silenced critics too there with a big uh double double, nineteen points, ten rebounds rating here. He picked up the player yep. of the game. So Bear had a big one for them too. And apparently a lot of teams were sort of a bit umming and ahhing over whether to pick him up because he has been so injury prone. But nice to see yeah. him getting stuff done as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of Cam Besto. And um, I just, I feel like Brisbane's pieces, uh, there's a lot of guys in that team where if one's down, one picks it up. So be Patterson, yeah. Frank's in there now. Like, there's just so many good bits to like. Once oh, they sort of get running, yeah, like, they're going to be hard to beat when those guys are all really firing up. It's, um, but, the, you know, Isaac Humphrey still hasn't quite worked into it just yet for, um, for Adelaide. They've still got Sunday Deck coming off the bench. Like, 
there's a lot of good pieces there too. They're in a very similar boat, I reckon, dude. Like they're probably a couple of really good wins off, you know, the headlines starting to change and thinking, well, we could be a chance here. Like if they could knock off a United or a Perth over in Perth, like it's a great achievement to do it in Adelaide. But going over there and knocking them off would be yeah. uh, would really knock on a few doors of the of the NBL season. But there's two teams right there that from here anything could happen. You know, like it's happened to I think the Phoenix last year where sort of they started strong middle of the road and then they sort of made the playoffs. But there's a few teams in there I think they could do that this year as well. And um, look, it might just come down to a bit of that fatigue and how some teams work around COVID as well and, and sort of settle into the That's season. True. So, yeah, it's going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah, very true there, Johnny. And a lot of people are saying that the the four at the moment is how it's going to be. It's stapled in already. Very, very early days. I wouldn't be saying that just yet because we're talking about those Adelaide and Brisbane's, which are just sort of almost there. Same deal with Cairns, mm. man. They're looking good and they've still mm. got Machado to come back into the mix. But at the moment, thank you to the Adelaide 36ers. Melbourne United is back on top. Eight, played eight, six wins, two losses. Nice work there. Brisbane dropped back down on percentage there. They're, oh, no, they're actually a game behind. United, but United have played one more game. They're in second place. Illawarra four and two at the minute, and rounding out the four is the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. They've only played the five games at the moment, Johnny. Three wins, two losses. Then up after that, we've got Cairns. Four games, two and two. Brisbane, three and three right there, like we spoke about in Adelaide. It's at Brisbane, Adelaide, Sydney. That's what we've got right now. They're the ones that I'm not mm. writing off yet. Cairns, Brisbane, Adelaide, and Sydney. Surely they can make a push and make it not so cemented in, as a lot of people are saying. At the moment, John, though, yep. second last is your guys, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. That was to be expected. <laughs> yeah. It is their first season. They're not going to come out and just absolutely – they played well. They look good. They've got the best Looney Tunes jerseys. That's got to uh, count for something. Or well, maybe second best behind Brisbane. I'm a Yosemite Sam guy, but I love the Jack Jumpers, man. Man, they're still going to win a bunch of games and surprise some people, I think. Mm. And then in at last place at the moment, and unfortunately for them, they played the most games too. Nine wins, uh, nine played nine, two wins and seven losses for the New Zealand Breakers there. So that sort of rounds out your table at the moment. I don't think that's cemented in, do you? No, I would say not at all right now. And I think, actually, funny you bring up the Cairns Taipans, and we spoke about them a few weeks ago. They haven't played a game since then. They've only played the four. They're sitting two and two. Probably the uh, the little break with all these COVID things would help Scott Machado. He won't be far away now, of course. But exactly. the next two scheduled games, they've got the Breakers at home, and then they've got Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Of course, they had that loss during the week as well. So, look, I wouldn't be writing any of these teams off, to be honest. And uh, and, there's a, and there's a lot to like about them in terms of depth and, and, and sort of runs on the board from previous seasons if you're talking the Sydney Kings. So I'd say it's still wide open at this point, but um, I'll be very interested to see as that kind of fixture evens out, probably by the time we record our next podcast, it'll be very interesting to see some of those results and maybe see a couple of teams start to settle in. I think United and Perth, for me, are the two that are probably going to lock away a top two spot. Like, they're just the two best teams. And then it's just a matter of those other, other couple of spots and potentially who could make a run at the right time of the season. Brisbane's the one for me. I really like what I'm seeing from them. Very early days as well, but uh, like their backcourt is solid. And I just think that if I was jumping on a young team to really make a push, I reckon it's the bullets for me, but the Taipans would be close. Yeah, I like the bullets too, Johnny. Well, let's, we'll jump into the round coming up so we can sort of talk about it because you got me excited. You're there talking about the Brisbane bullets. And their first game up is a very winnable one. It's at Nissan Arena and it is against the Sydney Kings who have got all sorts of issues at the moment. It's going down Friday night, Friday night hoops right there, Johnny. Kings and Bullets, I, I think mm. the Bullets will get this one done comfortably. 
I think so too. I think they'll match up very well against the Kings. Um, I think they play both ends very well. The Bullets, well, I could talk about them all night if I really wanted to, but um, they're a good mix in there. And I just think the Kings are just missing something right now. But funnily enough, they both won three games. So, I mean, I'd pick the Bullets to win this one at home, but um, I mean, the, the Kings need to do something very soon. And I think it's got to start this round at least to get a bit of momentum back. And and again, like we said before, set their season up. So they play each other twice this round. So that's going to be really interesting, this game in oh, Brisbane. Too, too. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Bullets to win this one though and um and really start to I guess show some are of this split it, Johnny are they gonna split it will they both win at their home game home court advantage or what are you saying I'm gonna I'm gonna say Brisbane for both games I'm gonna say I oh, just I, 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 again I'll talk about them all day but I just love what they're doing and I think their best is still to come like with Sobe Patterson like Frank's like it's just a great lineup I, I yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all over the bullets at the moment I think they'll get two out of two that's Bullets both games for Johnny right there. Okay, we've talked about the Red Hot Melbourne United. Adelaide 36ers are going to be all sorts of confident after that big win against Perth. They play United in Adelaide on Saturday. What a blockbuster right there, mm. John. You and I will be almost all hooped out at that point in time. We will talk <laughs> about our local hoops shortly. But Adelaide and Melbourne United, can Melbourne United make it seven straight? Oh, look, I think they can. I, I really do think. I really think if we're talking complete championship contenders, Melbourne United, small gap, Perth, and then a bigger gap than everyone else at this stage of the season. But wow, that's a big but call. Say, it is a big call. I did say just before, though, I mean, if Adelaide... If, they, if they're going to be a serious contender this season, it's very early days, obviously. But as I mentioned earlier, if they can knock off a Melbourne United... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They've already knocked off a Perth at home. If they can knock off a Melbourne United at home and then go and play your Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, not that I'm talking down to my own team, the Breakers, <laughs> like, they're still going to feel these matchups to go like they could really make a push for that top four spot. But I'm expecting Melbourne United to win. They're just too strong at the moment. They've also got scoring threats all across the board. They've got Delhi in good form. He's setting everyone else up. Uh, DJ is going to be an interesting matchup if Joe takes him. Um, obviously, yeah, defensively as well. That's the that's how they're going to score. That might free up Cam Besto as well, again, for a, for a solid game. So, yeah, it'll be interesting and see how, uh, how Mitch McCarron leads his guys against United. But I'm expecting that to be a pretty close game, dude. But I reckon oh, Melbourne yeah. United will get it. Yeah, he'll be fired up coming out against his ex-team there, Mitch yeah. McCarron. Money-making Mitch McCarron. I'll stick with Melbourne United, though, even though in Adelaide. Uh, th- I would not be surprised if Adelaide topped them, though. They've they've looked, they've looked, yeah. had some weaker, volatile moments, John. Uh, United, I've been watching a lot of their games. But this one, I talked about that last game being a blockbuster. This one's probably match of the round. It's the Illawarra Hawks at home against the Perth mm-hmm. Wildcats, John. Now... Perth are going to be looking to bounce back. Illawarra are going to be looking to bounce back. They're on their home (laughs) floor. The depth in Illawarra is fantastic. I think the Hawks will win this one, but I think it's going to be close. I could even predict overtime here. Yeah, I'd I'd probably be sticking with you there, man. I think it's uh, this looking at the rest of the matchups, this is probably going to get very close to game of the round for mine. It is. Let's see if the if the Wildcats can bounce back. I mean, a couple of games on the road. That's going to be probably not paying uh, playing towards their strengths. I wouldn't have thought they'll be dying to get back to Perth in there. But yeah. just to be a bit different, I'm a massive Hawks fan, but I might go with Perth on this one, dude. I think they're going to be they won't be happy with that loss to Adelaide. That's not a pretty Ooh, loss if you're the Perth no. Wildcats. So I'm expecting them to bounce back, and uh, I reckon Illawarra might be in the firing line a little bit in that game. But um, if it went to overtime, I would not be surprised whatsoever. So game of the round for me. 
Definitely game of the round. Oh, we'll split it though, man. I'm going to stick with Illawarra on that one. Uh, we just mentioned, we just talked about the next game on the Sunday being the Bullets and the Kings. Uh, we've also got the Cairns Taipans and the New Zealand Breakers in Cairns. Now, I'm saying Cairns are going to put the foot down here for a real statement against the Breakers. And their season will be a long one, unfortunately, for New Zealand. Would you tend to agree with that, Johnny? Yeah, I think I would. Uh, it's going to be a tricky one, I think. The Breakers are showing some nice signs. Of course, they've got a couple of wins on the board now. And the interesting thing is the Breakers have won two games since Cairns last played. So that could maybe oh, yeah. play into the fact a little bit there. Um, I'm going to back the the Taipans in there because I guess they probably had a few weeks at home. Yeah, they probably worked on a few things. You know, they're two and two. I think I um, mentioned the two that they'd won were maybe against the Jack Jumper. I can't remember now. I think they were two lower teams anyway. So here's a great yeah. chance for them to get out there. Potentially Machado returns. He wouldn't be. He'd be a week or so away anyway. Uh, but on the flip side of that, again, the Breakers have won two games since Cairns last even hit the court. So that could play a. Um, could play a factor into the game whether you know Cairns Can- going to look to have to come out and start that game strong. Like they'll be, I'll be pressing. They'll be playing full court D. They're going to have to start the game strong. I feel just because New Zealand's got some run in the legs, um, but I feel like talent might overplay the breakers, and I think Cairns should be able to get it done, especially at home. I think that'll be a good crowd. Everyone's back, and I reckon Cairns will sort of kickstart the you know the re- sort of restart their season from here. Yeah, 100% agreed right there. Remember, Cairns, it's hot, it's humid, it's sticky, it's yuck. Outback Shack will be sweating up a storm before the tip-off, man. Like, this is going to be Cairns. I'm sorry to the New Zealand fans, but I think the Taipans will win this. Johnny, my state bank arena, I'm guessing, is that the home of the the Jack Jumpers, baby? It is. Yes, sir. It's, It's a battle of the green. Just throw the zombies in there, and you've and you've got it. You've got the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. They are red hot. The Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. They are coming off a loss. Actually, the Phoenix are coming off a loss as well. Phoenix is going to be looking yes. to bounce back. Tasmania at home. Who have you got? Oh, it's a really tough one, man. Like it's a couple of very, uh, very not bad losses for Phoenix, but like you know, getting sort of demolished by Brisbane. I'm not, I'm going to stop talking about Brisbane, but you know, they got comprehensively beaten by Brisbane. They're going to have to turn things around again. I mean, they started pretty strong, uh, but is it a chance for the Jack Jumpers to win their third game? Or oh, I kind of have to stick with my team a little bit, don't I? I think this would be a really good win at home against a quality opposition. I'll put it that way, but I think it's going to be a cracking match. So I might. I might go with the Jack Jumpers to win number three, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the with the faith of my side there. With the heart. I love that right there, John. I am unfortunately gonna go with the Phoenix, but I will be going for the Jack Jumpers. So I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. So yeah. Let's run with that, man. All right. The Win Entertainment Center. We'll see the Illawarra Hawks and the Adelaide 36ers on Monday. We got games right through until Wednesday. They're basically every day, which is fantastic, John. Illawarra. Adelaide, another good one. I think at home, Illawarra, but would you like to add to that? Yeah, it's it's a tough one. Of course, Illawarra's got that tough matchup on the Saturday night against the Wildcats, and I've predicted Perth to get up in that one. They've only got like two days to pretty much turn around to play again. So, uh, look, it's it, it, probably the home factor might play into a little bit. Um, I think that, that both teams will match up fairly well together. I might go with Illawarra to bounce back after a loss to Perth a couple of days ago, particularly at I'm home. Illawarra too on the trot, apparently. So there yeah, you go. I don't mind that. But of course, look at look at Adelaide's matchups. They've had to play Perth at home. They've got Melbourne United at home too. Like, and we've picked it, you know, already two of the top two sides probably from the end of the season. Yeah. And then they've got to come and, and turn around and play 
Brian Gorgian and the, and the Hawks. Like that's a that's a huge ask for them. If Adelaide win both games this round, I'm putting them right up in sort of third, fourth spot later in the season. Really? They're two huge wins when they're still getting Isaac Humphreys back. You know, they're, yeah. they're still sort of working their rotations out. Like that's a statement if they can do that. Don't forget they dropped that game. They were down 40 against Cairns not too long ago, Johnny, but I am hearing you there. And speaking of the Taipans, the most interesting thing about this game's really jumped out at me. It'll be a, a great game, but it's in Gippsland, man, at the Gippsland Regional Indoor Sports Stadium, baby. I think that's... Trailgate, is it? Yeah. yeah, look out. We've played there. The, the good old Horsham Hornets have played there. It's been a kind stadium to my son Brody there. The Phoenix and the Taipans, I think... I've got a feeling the Phoenix is going to win this game. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to say Phoenix. I mean, I mean, well, travel factor is going to be a thing again. It's a heck of a drive over to Terrellgan, but um, it's it's hard to it's hard to go with Cairns when we haven't seen enough of them on the road just yet. True. I feel um, I liked them earlier in the round, uh, of course, going up against the Breakers, given the the situation with New Zealand at the moment. But um, I just haven't seen enough of them on the road to think that uh, they can beat the Phoenix in Terrellgan. So I'd have to go with the, with Southeast Melbourne. I recommend that one, dude. And uh, yeah, great that they're getting the getting on the road, I suppose, because the Australian Open's on at John Kane. So they're sort of on the road now to um, spread spread the love. And uh, it'd be cool if they played a game in Bell. All right, dude, we go and check that out. But um, oh, yeah, yeah Terrellgan's a, a beautiful facility. Fingers crossed, man. And this is awesome right here. We have got an Australia Day game i'm trying i'm thinking why are they playing this at three o'clock in the afternoon is because it's australia day of course what better way and what a big time matchup we have right here you have been talking up the brisbane bullets the entire way through this pod i've heard you talk about brisbane bullets more than you've talked about your uh soon to be born child man mm. You are all over the bullets. They are playing a very much red hot melbourne united it is in brisbane you would just on the ladder alone, you'd say that Brisbane's probably going in as the underdogs, but I think they're very much a chance, and I think the Bullets will take this game. Yeah, I think they're a big chance. I think they're a big, big chance. Again, a bit like Adelaide. You know, we, we kind of package those two teams up together. Big chance here to make a statement on this league right now. I think this round is, is for both of those teams, is incredibly important, but I can see Brisbane knocking off United in a big upset. I could really see that happening, and again, what a statement that's going to send to the rest of the league so i'm looking I'm, again eyes very closely on adelaide and brisbane this round to you know it's going to become a it's going to be pretty clogged up there i think underneath melbourne and, and perth and that's a very early call of course we can't write off cans we can't write off the phoenix yet either but i think that there's probably a few big scalps that need to be taken in this league especially at home and if you can beat melbourne united at your home court you know, that just gives you the mental edge when you play them back down in Melbourne. So I think they're the sorts of games that these teams that are pushing for three and four really need to win. So there's a lot on the line for the Bullets, man. And I think they could get the job done. Yeah, I I agree. I'm going to tip the Bullets on that one there, John. It's been a while since United have played at home. So the good thing about these United wins, a lot of these are happening on the road, mm. man. So that's, that's exciting times and scary if you are an opposition fan because they're going to be at home for quite a bit coming up soon. But let's switch gears, Johnny. Let's go on to the NBA real quick. We won't go into a Trace Leffler-like... <laughs> like uh, analogy here, but there's uh, some exciting things happening at the moment in the NBA. I want to talk about Clay Thompson. Of course, he had a, he's back. He's back yep. playing for the Warriors. The Splash Brothers are back. And who do you think he got his form against, John? 
Oh, let me guess, Nettie. Um, I can't think. <laughs> was it 22 points that he dropped and looking back to his old ways? Yeah, he was looking very much to his old ways. And thank you to the Pistons for allowing him to, you know, to find his mojo once again. <laughs> so that's good to see him back. But for Trace, for Mr. Leffler here, this is, I think... His boys, the Philadelphia 76ers, have shot themselves in the foot, John. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you saw this Ben Simmons trade, but the Pistons offered up Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olenek, and a first-round draft pick for Simmons, and they rejected it. Wow, I did not see that. That's. Are you happy about that? Are you happy they rejected that? I am that? very happy about I that. I too. <laughs> I've wow, been talking okay. to a couple of people today. Uh, shout out Jacko Walls got him saying, man, that's a lot to offer a player that might not mm. even show up. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. you know, like he could pull anything at any time. I would be very hesitant about signing Simmons as great as he is. That one made me nervous. If he's not happy in a situation, we've seen what he can do. But yeah, I yep. love Sadiq Bay. Olinuk, he's so consistent. He, he's he's very good. Uh, Jeremy Grant is getting so much attention right now, John. Mm. So many teams are chasing Grant. I do expect him to be traded by the deadline, which is February the 10th. Um, very much one of those ISO-like players. I don't know, where would you like to see him go if you were a Pistons fan? And sorry to make this about the Pistons, man. <laughs> what would you want in exchange? For, for Grant? Yeah. Oh, man, like I think the probably the best suitor for him would be uh, someone who's a contender and, and sort of yeah. in that window right now, you would think. So it depends where the, where the Pistons see them at. Do they think that they're, they're not quite... Well, they're in rebuild mode, but they're not. They're probably a year or two into that, so they need a couple of handy pieces, maybe yeah. some first round protected picks potentially, just to sort of add to that depth. But the thing for the Pistons though is they've got to try and work out well who's their next franchise player, who are they building this team around? Like Jeremy Grant, like he's an early call for us for um you know to like make some all star games and at least be in that discussion, which um yeah. which you're too far off. So obviously Cunningham's probably the man to to start building that team around. But what pieces do they need to sort of you know complement him? Uh, and that was great. Right. Yeah, and that was probably the thing with Grant is he was sort of that man. He sort of, you know, sprouted up a couple of years ago and showed that he's got those those uh, those abilities. But um, it looks like they've got a plan. The Pistons and, and we spoke about them early in the um, early in the in the uh, talking hoops episodes about their sort of projection for the next couple of seasons. We've seen what they can do when their backs are against the wall against the Spurs here a couple of weeks ago and get some really nice wins with the young talent just showing off. So yeah. I think there's a, definitely a good suitor for Grant. But I feel like the Detroit Pistons would be very comfortable going to the negotiation negotiation table and then and, and oh. trying to get a few pieces back ben simmons definitely not one um but you never no. know look there's probably a tactic in there where they've gone hey look we're we're prepared to give up these players if you want grant hey he, he's potentially on the table so um because i'll definitely hope if they're gonna offer up a, a first round pick it wouldn't be top 10 it would be protected from the top 10 at least so <laughs> uh but yeah well, i don't mind it i don't mind that if they're if they're comfortable and uh, and ready to to sort of continue to to do that rebuild they need some depth and uh and they could definitely do it with grant yeah, our boy Left said, you watch the Philly 76ers mess this up. They're going to settle for like a Kuzma and a packet of chips or something like that because no one's going to be... He, he was a little bit devo too, so... Yeah, I mean, that would have been an amazing trade if you're a 76ers fan, but hey, who was yeah, the guy... I, I believe so, man. That's a, Your team is stacked if you pick up those yeah. players. Who, who called Simmons would end up in Europe? This guy. <laughs> and it could still happen. <laughs> like, what NBA team... What NBA team in their right mind would take him on right now? Like, they're 
almost at the all-star break. He hasn't even shown up. He's never putting on another 76ers jersey. That's out the window. Like, who would actually, unless they were going to wait until the end of the year or towards the end, like towards playoffs and sign him just at a minimum deal, just he wanted to ring. I don't, I have no idea. I can't even, can't even fathom where an organization would be at to want to pick up a player like Simmons right now. It's well, just crazy. Apparently, Detroit Pistons wanted to pick him up, John, and they've made a lot of good moves in their rebuilding stage, so they uh-huh. must have had some sort of confidence in this Simmons trade. But I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'm very glad to have kept those pieces because I'm a big fan mm. of Sadiq Bay as well. He's yeah. he's a little inconsistent, but I, I really like his game. Uh, some other cool stuff happening around at the moment, Johnny. LeBron James has made a tweet apologizing to the Lakers now and said they will lift. Mm, what are you oh, gonna... on that one? And speaking of the Lakers, yeah. they're very much, there's trade rumors and everything happening to them. I think there'll be moves there come February 10 as well. It's going to have to be. They're going to have to make some sort of uh, some sort of change there at the moment. Like they're playing, they, they look bad. And we've spoken about them a little bit on and off during this, and even off the podcast, just just not finishing games, just almost giving up on games, just not, there's no chemistry with that side. I know like LeBron switches to the center and gets it all done. And then, you know, a few players come back. It just doesn't look right. And I think mm. it's just a matter of like, who do you move? Like, which of these, um, which of these sort of all-star players? The do Russell you Westbrook, I reckon. That would be one. If you're looking at pure, uh, um, they need a, they need a, a court general to come in to sort of run that team. Like they don't need someone who can score. I mean, Russ can't shoot to save himself, but they need they need the right mix of players if they're going to turn this around because there's a lot of teams sort of sort of nipping at their heels there. Uh, you can't write off. I'm just having a quick squeeze at the ladder there. Like you can't write off the Clippers. They've been performing well considering Leonard's out. Like they've got uh, the Trailblazers aren't too far away. Like all these teams that the, that are generally taking up those seventh and eighth seeds. So uh, look, I think the Lakers will eventually get it together and make those finals. But I'm very interested to see what moves they make towards the trade deadline and uh, oh, what moves LeBron's going to make anyway to, to sort of sew that up. But um, yeah, watch yeah. this space for the Lakers. I'm, I He's hate watching them. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, look, I just I just don't like watching the Lakers. I'll watch any other team in the NBA bar them at this stage. It's just hard to watch. And uh, and obviously they know that there's some problems there. Oh, they, they obviously know it right there. It's very interesting, though. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in Laker Nation. Poor old madman Matt Grace. He's had a tough run of, of late. Yeah. He's going to have to switch teams up to the Golden State Warriors or something who are getting it done, playing well. Still looking good. Still my tip to win the chip right there, John. Uh, yeah. What else have I got here? Dallas Mavericks left. will be all over this. Eight and one since the return of Luka Doncic. How great is that right there? That kid can play. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think he was left's. Was he left's call for MVP when we did our uh, our season preview? I reckon he might have I been. I think left would leave his girlfriend for Luca at this stage. <laughs> I think we all probably would. But um, <laughs> but I mean, that's just adding a a, um, a a very important piece into what's an already very solid side and and some good depth there as well. But Pazingas is playing some good basketball. Like they, they, I really rate the, the Mavericks and you add a superstar player into that lineup. And uh, yeah, I'm not even surprised that they're that they're eight and one since he's come back. It's just not even a not even, not even a factor. Um, he's just a fantastic player and, and pushing for MVP. Oh, yes, indeed, man. It's some interesting times in the NBA. The Chicago Bulls still looking very good. I'm not sure what they've done recently. They absolutely dismantled 
the Pistons. Like I like I nearly cried. They beat us that badly, and we were coming off a win against the Jazz that I was carrying on about to you guys about. I was all so hyped. Boom! Couple of days later, they play Chicago and they lose twice. They almost lost twice today against Golden State. So it's definitely in pieces you know for the pistons it's frustrating times but you know chicago bulls they're right up there john we've spoken about it we like it i'm back to liking it again after i was frustrated there for a while but yeah who have you got in the east well the bulls are interesting one because since they flogged the pistons they've lost four in a row and a couple of those losses have been very bad as well and um they went really? there you go see that's that i don't know do you remember what i said to you man i sulk with basketball and like <laughs> yeah. and that's what happens when the pistons are playing well i'm like yes baby and then when they get beaten badly i'm like oh man i hate and like i checked the score today and i was like no so they've lost four on the trot since their win against the pistons yep. Yep, wow. yep, they have. It's uh, it's quite fascinating. But um, the East is looking pretty good at the moment. Like you've got uh, ten teams above five hundred. You've got the Knicks that aren't far off, and the Hawks haven't even got the season going. Like I, I jumped on the Hawks bandwagon, but I've uh, the wheels have fallen off very quickly. But um, gif- given John, how you can't good jump it, off, man, they're your team now. So where are they at the moment? Because I did notice they were. They've had a pretty lackluster one, but I did see that Trey Young recently had some fairly good games and he's starting to string it together. You would assume with it being such a long season that the Hawks will get it in, get it done and get into the playoff bracket there and hopefully come good. I think Trey Young was even quoted as saying that he finds the regular season boring. I think you'd find a lot of players say that, but they move Cam Reddish, so they're obviously making a few changes to try and shake things up at the Hawks. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even write them off that at this point, anyway. But it's just good to see. We, when we talk about it with you know guys like us that have followed the NBA for a long time, it's just great to see the East as 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 competitive and as as high standard as it is with the Bulls on top. Like it's just like rewinding the clock, you know, back to old times. And uh, it's just good to see the East with a lot of powerhouse sides in there that are playing well and and definitely becoming the more dominant uh, dominant conference, which is, yeah, like something that we've just never really seen or not for a long time anyway. Yeah, and just looking at this here now, I'm just checking out the standings here, Johnny. You're right. The four losses on the trot for Chicago and they're still on top. Like if they had a... They're still holding off the Miami Heat. I'm liking to look at that, but look at that, John. As we record this, in in the fourth seed in the East, Lef and I are all over this. The Cleveland Cavaliers, man, like they're right up there. They are yep. getting it done in Cleveland. Yeah, and they beat the Nets with their last win. But you just look at the um, at the spread of scorers, and they're just playing well. And oh, I love what I'm seeing from Cleveland. Of course, they lost Colin Sexton for the season. Like, there's a massive hole, and Darius Garland stood up. Like he has stood up, and he's a, another guy in All Star contention at the moment. But how about the young point guards? Ja Morant's in amazing form as well. And it's just, it's just, it's like we're seeing the the changing of the guard a little bit with some of our you know previous heroes to now the Morants and and Garland. We are seeing the changing of the guard, Johnny. That's very great that you bring that up because not to get back onto the Lakers, I'm not sure if you saw it. JJ Reddick has come out and said on his podcast, probably not as popular as ours, but he (laughs) has said that the Lakers are just a bad team who look, uh, it's like they look, they're all out of 
you know, past their prime and they're just a bad team. So yeah. JJ Redick looking to make headlines right there and get people to subscribe, I guess. But he's, he's not too far off at the moment, so they're going to have to make moves. And it is a changing of the guard. Like, hell yeah, Memphis Grizzlies. I didn't realize they were sitting in third position in the West. You look at that top four right now. You've got Phoenix, who my cousin Lewis wrote off after they lost their first couple mm. of games. <laughs> then they went on, went on a franchise winning streak. I said, Lewis, please write the Pistons off because you <laughs> clearly don't don't know what you're talking about. Golden State there in the second seed at the moment. And then Memphis, bro. And mm-hmm. they've already chalked up 31 wins. It's it's a beautiful time for hoops, man. And the Lakers back there in eighth seed. Clippers, it's just a different looking top eight yeah. right there in the West. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and, and any of those teams would be championship hopes I would think in the West because it's again those sort of top five or six teams are very strong we know they can get it done in the playoffs as well but yeah the Lakers are going to have to do something about it when Trevor Ariza is starting I think then you know you've got some problems the guy probably belongs in a uh, retirement home I would have thought but uh, he needs to be on the retirement home with me man like what's going on (laughs) I don't know like I'd be interested to see let's say if and this might be one we can bring up with Trace when he's back but um, you know let's just say the Lakers don't win a final I know they won the one in the bubble kind of thing if we want to count that one but you know, they've gotten yeah. rid of the likes of Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, like Randall, all these guys have moved on. Like, what's the succession plan with this? Like, LeBron throws in the towel, he takes Anthony out, Dwight Howard's gone. Like, who's left? Like, I would like to know what the sort of, you know, definition of success would be for this current Lakers team. Like, if they don't win it this year, like, now what? Then what? You know, it's just... Well, they're not going to go into next year, are they? And and win the whole thing, are they? That's for sure. That's not going to happen. That's an interesting question that you bring up there. I say we bring it up with Lef. He'll be... He'll have a very wholehearted answer for that that could go for three podcasts on its on its own but I think he'll be all over that because you are 100% right this team hasn't worked to this point in time there is no succession plan they are an old team so they're going to have to go into the full rebuild mode I would think you know you you risk LeBron cracking the tantrums and taking his talents back to South Beach or back to somewhere where he can win a chip so I don't know Johnny watch this space sort of thing but we are running out of time man but I want to talk really quickly about this weekend. We both have teams heading off to the Bendigo tournaments for our local Horsham Hornet sides. I'm excited. My girls, they're not quite up to where I would like them. But, you know, you've got to take these things on. You've got the under-14 boys, yeah? Yeah, yeah, under-14 boys. And our draw is not too bad, actually. I'm, I'm pretty confident we can push through to the finals on Monday, that'll be. So, uh, yeah, no, they've everyone's a bit in the same boat at the moment with you know, a bit of COVID getting around and people in lockdown and, and on holiday and that sort of thing. I think most teams will probably be in the same boat. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be really good. It's uh, it, it potentially could end up being a uh, one of those hot spot COVID spreader events. But otherwise, I'm looking forward to getting on the court again. Um, my boys did really well. We played Shepparton before Christmas and we made the final over there. So, look, anything anything could happen in Bendigo. It's a fantastic tournament, amazing facilities over there. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited to get across, man. It's going to be really good. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic, man. And I'm going into this thing basically naked. I have no idea. You're there saying that you are confident. I have no idea. This is our first tournament this weekend, the first time the girls have been on the floor together. There is good signs for them, though, because we we are we do take part in the under-14 boys competition. It's very rare for the girls to ever beat a boys' side. It's just, as you know, it's just how it is. But we've already chalked up two victories in that under-14s thing. So they're cooking. You've given me some good little plays to bring into the mix. 
this time next week. I'm looking forward to talking about it or hiding under this here desk, but you know, <laughs> and never coaching again. But we'll have to wait and see, Johnny. Best of luck to you, my friend. I, I'm sure you will have a very kick-ass tournament and hopefully I'll get to catch one of your games and hopefully you'll get mm. to catch one of my games and we'll get to meet again, my brother. It's been a minute. Absolutely, dude. No, I'm looking forward to it. I'll definitely come along and watch the girls play. I always enjoy following their games and uh, it's good to have you back coaching in a tournament, man. It's been a little while and um, I'm sure you'll be fine and they'll love every minute of it no matter if you win, lose, draw or get kicked out. They'll love it. Thanks, bro. I'm sure if I get kicked out, at least it'll give them something to talk about. I'm like, remember that time that idiot got kicked out and made a fool out of himself? And yeah, it is what it is, though, John. I hope that won't happen. I will be wearing my uh, coach's polo like a badge of honor. I picked it up today, so I'm very much looking forward to it. And it is thanks to you that I am back coaching. So thanks, bro. And thanks for taking time out to chat hoops. We will, of course, be back next week, as long as the internet doesn't drop out, which has been perfect this week. Oh, Last week, dead set. We just couldn't get it going, could we? No, just the uh, the gremlins in the NBN just didn't want it to happen. But now you're coming in crystal clear and looking great there, dude. So, yeah, hopefully back <laughs> next week. When's, when's old Troth back from his um, romantic holiday? Is it next week or one after, maybe? I'm not sure what's going on with Lef. He said just a week. So, yeah. like, I don't know. He said he could have recorded tonight at five, which we couldn't do because no. I had the girls playing tonight at five. So, it's an interesting time to be leaving at six. He's a very mysterious man, Trey Lefty. Like, I, you know, can't record at seven, but can record at five. I don't know. Yeah. That might there be him go. right there. He's, uh, he is a burning, but um, yeah, we're getting back <laughs> next week. And a few very big uh, burning topics in the NBA, and we can have a look at some all-star stuff as well next cool. week and um, and yeah, start talking about that because, yeah, it's getting a really good point in both seasons. Actually, now the NBA is going to get a bit of uh, bit of momentum back after some rescheduling and, and cancel games and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, good time to be a Hoops fan, dude, and, and this weekend's going to be great for some local basketball as well. Oh, man, it's going to be fantastic, Johnny. I'm hyped at everything you just said. Hell, yeah, that is exactly right. Couldn't agree anymore bring on February 10 I'm going to miss Jeremy Grant I hope we get some good pieces for him but thank you for talking Pistons with me very much a lot and yeah have a good one be sure to hit us up facebook.com slash talking hoops podcast the twitter is talking underscore hoops underscore podcast is that right or that's the Instagram yeah yeah. Yep. Anyway, greatwolfentertainment.net. You'll find it all there. Hit us up. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the works all right here on this video. Thanks, John. We'll be back next week. See you next week.